Welcome to Thoughts in the Market. I'm Andrew Sheets, Chief Cross-Asset Strategist for Morgan Stanley. Along with my colleagues bringing you a variety of perspectives, I'll be talking about trends across the global investment landscape and how we put those ideas together. It's Friday, March 18th at 2 p.m. in London. On Wednesday, the U.S. Federal Reserve raised interest rates for the first time in two years. This is notable because of how much time has passed since the Fed last took action. It's notable because of how low interest rates still are relative to inflation. And it's notable because rate increases and decreases by the Fed tend to lump together. Once the Fed starts raising or lowering rates, history says that it tends to keep doing so. Now, one question looming over the Fed's action this week could be paraphrased as, what took you so long? Since the Fed cut rates to zero in March of 2020, the U.S. stock market is 77% higher, U.S. home prices are 35% higher, and the U.S. economy has added over 5.7 million new jobs. Core consumer price inflation, excluding volatile food and energy prices, has risen 6.4% in the last year, indicative of demand for goods outpacing the ability of the economy to supply them at current prices, exactly what a hot economy implies. The reason the Fed waited was the genuine uncertainty around the impact of COVID on the economy and the risk that new variants would evade vaccines or dash consumer confidence. But every decision has trade-offs. Easy Fed policy has helped the U.S. economy recover unusually quickly, but that quick recovery now means that the Fed has a lot more to do to catch up. Specifically, we think the Fed will need to raise the upper band of its policy rate, currently at half a percent, to about two and three quarters percent by the end of next year. This is more than the market currently expects, and we think outcomes here are skewed to the upside, with it more likely that rates end up higher than lower. My colleagues in U.S. interest rate strategy believe that this should cause U.S. rates to rise further, with two-year bond yields rising most and ultimately moving higher than 10-year bond yields. It's rare for two-year bonds to yield more than their 10-year counterpart, a so-called curve inversion. Nevertheless, this is what we expect. Now, one counter to this Fed outlook is that the U.S. economy simply can't handle higher rates, and that will force the Fed to stop hiking earlier. But we disagree. With a large share of household debt in the U.S. in the form of 30-year fixed-rate mortgages, the impact of higher rates may actually be more muted than in the past, as the cost of servicing this debt won't change even as the Fed raises rates. Higher short-term interest rates and an inverted yield curve are one specific implication of these expectations. More broadly, inverted yield curves have historically been key signposts for increased risk of recession. While we think a recession is unlikely, the market could still worry about it, supporting U.S. defensive equities and investment grade over high-yield credit. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Thoughts of the Market on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you. 